When it comes to the word criminalization, and too often we tend to think about the very fundamental concept is people commit crimes. Of course, we are in this day and age that when people are committing crimes, it's not just about their ruthless behaviors. Right now today, we are also paying attention to the weapons they're using today. Given the fact that today, regardless which country you're living in, on the daily basis, some countries today are experiencing this havoc criminal behaviors more and more. But meanwhile, I'm not sure that if you have heard that actually some of the weapons today are being produced because this advanced technology, for example, this 3D print can actually produce firearms which could generate much greater threat, not only to individuals, but also among the societies. So that's why today it's crucial in this episode, we need to talk about how this far more advanced technology like 3D actually creating such troubling issue or troubling topics for the younger generation and also the world today. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to invite our distinguished guest and which is Maria Zubello. Again, if you're familiar with Maria's work, and she's an international journalist, and also she's a renowned investigative journalist that her topic focuses on political and also social, and of course, economic issues across the board. Well, anyway, Maria, and welcome to The Missing Piece. Thank you for having me. Well, Maria, the pleasure is all mine. Now, again, as we mentioned before, initially when I discovered you, because this amazing article that you wrote and which is entitled 3D Firearm Proliferation Among Latin American Criminal Organizations. Now, let's dive into this article. As I mentioned in the intro, when we talk about criminalization today, too often we tend to focus on the behavior of the individuals or the behavior of collective actions. But we don't really talk about how such technology as 3D print can actually link to the development of criminalization. Of course, in this article you mentioned, according to the European Commission, the multidimensional, which is 3D or 4D printer market, is estimated to be worth 9.64 billion euros. Maria, the first question, why do we need to understand this today and how concerning is this 3D firearm proliferation today? I'm talking about Latin America, that is the region that I'm covering, and 3D weapons are really something new. I think that my paper was the first one to collect uh, all the documented data about uh, this topic. Mm. Outside Latin America, as you know, in the United States, uh, in Europe, uh, 3D weapons uh, are a huge problem. Uh, Europol uh, organized a conference a few months ago about these topics. <coughs> Sorry. So uh, uh, why is it important to see this new wave uh, of a criminal pattern in Latin America, because unfortunately, 3D weapons is just a piece of a much more complicated puzzle where you have a drug production, drug distribution, and money laundering um, of a proceeds from mm. uh, drug uh, smuggling. And uh, um, it's important to highlight that Latin America is not only the region of local criminal groups like 
like mm. uh, uh, Mexican cartels or uh, the first command of a capital in Brazil. We we have seen since I think ten years um, the presence of important European mafias. I'm Italian, so I'm really sensitive about this topic. And Drangheta in the last ten years create an empire in Latin America. Mm. Uh, um, create a logistic uh, with the help uh, of criminal local criminal groups. Um, we have uh, Albanian mafia. We have a um, confederation of fourteen clan called Compania Bello. And at this moment in Ecuador, for example, they are really um, running and booming uh, an, an impressive market. And Ecuador is not a producer of cocaine, but became a hub for cocaine to United states and to europe so uh, in um such a criminal landscape trade weapons are uh, another uh, tool to increase uh, criminal capabilities and at the same time allow uh, enable to uh, uh, um, small groups to start having their own on weapons, mm. uh, which means that, for example, uh, in, a, in a five years, uh, we can see big cartels like the Mexican, like the Brazilian one, and at the same time, uh, small groups that are uh, related, linked by, for example, territorial proximity or, uh, I don't know, other, other elements. Uh, so uh, uh, what the 3D weapons are bringing to Latin America in a few years that we, we can make a prediction is a more complicated conflict scenario mm. among the cartel. Mm. Uh, and second one, what we can see is that, uh, yes, uh, in Latin America, we don't have the streamings that you have in the United States, for example, where you have uh, uh, well-organized militia with rules, uh, with trainings. Um, in Latin America, this phenomenon is uh, the beginning. Mm -hmm. But don't forget uh, the past. Latin America, after the Second World War, uh, hosted a lot of true Nazis, mm. <laughs> from the true Nazis. So this, uh, this um, pattern remains and can explode any time. That's why, for example, in southern Brazil, uh, authorities discovered a 3D printer uh, in extremist uh, groups uh, with swastika, with other uh, Nazi uh, insignia. So what does it mean? It means that if you have a radical ideology, 3D weapon is the perfect weapon because it's you that produce against the state, against the control uh, of law enforcement. Mm. So uh, the 3D weapons uh, bring you bring to your ideology more meaning, mm. uh, a symbolic meaning. Mm. So this is another another uh, part of the story. But why? is we are seeing 3d weapons also for example in mexico mm. which is very strange because as you know uh, mexican cartels carry uh drugs to united states that's right uh, bring back 
weapons from the United States. It's an old uh, scheme. Why? Because, um, first of all, uh, criminal groups are always uh, happy and glad to uh, experimentate new technologies, because technology is power. And uh, if you have a control of technology, you can have uh, uh, more chances to increase your criminal capability. So, First, uh, we, we can see this this point, and then because uh, um, 3D weapons are very uh, profitable because they allow you to have a cheap maintenance of the mm. weapons. One of the big problems is that you can buy, for example, weapons. You can have you can smuggle weapons from the United States, and you use weapons, and, and they use a lot. So you, at certain point, you need to uh, you have a problem of a maintenance. And maintenance sometimes is hard because you need uh, 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 professional people doing this. It's very expensive. Um, we. Uh, um, 3D uh, parts, you can resolve this problem. And we see this util utilization in uh, Brazil. We have uh, a criminal group in Rio de Janeiro that started um, sending from Miami uh, parts of weapons mm. just to assemble in Rio de Janeiro with 3D printers. So mm. the assembling parts that the 3D weapons uh, enable are really important also for um, the time of life, the, the expectative of life of weapons. Don't forget that, for example, in Brazil, um, the majority your weapons uh, in the hands of criminals mm. are legal weapons. Mm. Because it's very easy to steal, it's very easy to have, uh, I mean, we, we have a lot of corruption, so corruption opens the doors that uh, legality closed. Mm. Um, so it's interesting that in, a, in a, such a free market, uh, criminals are trying to uh, uh, experiment to attempt this new market mm. but it's just the beginning mm. so i think that when we see phenomenon at the beginning we need to uh, understand why and uh, what will be the next step mm. you know maria it's interesting that you use brazil of course this is one of the countries that you specifically mentioned in your article and again i want to read something to you and again help us to understand the meaning in this deeper way this is what you wrote and i quote brazil has shown the most interest among latin american countries in 3d print weapons in may authorities uncovered a clandite facility and again near Puerto Algeria in southern brazil but the truth is, Maria, we know that today the country of Brazil is standing at the crossroads, politically speaking and also economically speaking. But if this 3D print or if this illegal weapons has become a major problem for the country, why has the government not done anything to curb the spread of this trend or curb the spread of this behavior? Ultimately, the government has the power to under to understand the threat of the 3D weapons or 3D print uh, weapon proliferation, and also they have the sole power to minimize the threat to individual and also to the society. So, how come so far we have not heard or we have not seen any changes from the official perspective? 
We had just one big change with a new government uh, on Inacio Lula da Silva, which is the change of regulation about uh, uh, normal uh, firearms. Mm. Uh, with the Bolsonaro government, um, the number of weapons increase uh, enormously, I think seven, 700%, because they authorize the, the personal use of weapons. Uh, with the new government, uh, um, this authorization must be reviewed, so people must denounce their weapons, and uh, the idea is to reduce the weapons, mm -hmm. which is a good, which is a good step. The problem is that we need uh, from one side to control the consumer market. Mm. Okay. But there are no measures against the most important criminal groups in Brazil, which are uh, the owners uh, of the uh, weapons mm. market. So uh, uh, the question why the government did uh, plan anything against the weapons must be put inside a, a larger scenario. What are the tools uh, that go the government uh, is uh, providing mm. to fight organized crime in Brazil? Which is a very complicated stuff because as I told you, we have a Brazilian, but in uh, Brazil, uh, the Italian Mafia Drangheta is powerful. Uh, the question is, uh, if you want really to fight uh, this huge problem, mm. you need international cooperation. And international cooperation, it's hard to do mm. because intelligence agencies don't share information. Um, uh, you know, so it, it explains why we had brokers operating in Brazil, why it takes uh, so long to arrest them, why um, uh, people uh, fugitive from Italy uh, come to Brazil. So you need to understand that, uh, um, and the same problem we have in Italy, we, uh, do we have a will? to really resolve this problem. Mm. Uh, actually, uh, drug smuggling um, provide a lot of money for the white economy, the white collar, so, and for the politics too. Mm. So uh, the question is, the 3D weapons, I'm not, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not surprised that there are no measures. Even in the United States, it took it took a, a, a long to understand the threat of 3D weapons. It's a very complicated uh, topic. But here it's much more complicated because mm. the criminal landscape is booming. Just to have an idea, we had information here in Brazil that the cartel of Sinaloa is trying to um, produce fentanyl, mm. which is a I mean, I, I'm giving you this uh, this scoop. There are uh, investigative information saying that uh, the cartel of Sinaloa is trying to work uh, with local organized crime groups to manufacture fentanyl in Brazil. As you can imagine, this is going to change uh, the criminal landscape, not only in Latin America, right. but also 
for the United States. Mm. Uh, and the question is why um, Brazilian criminal groups are interested in changing their um, business products? Because fentanyl proved to be very, um, very profitable. Mm. I mean, you can sell. Uh, you, you minimize the risk of smuggling and you maximize your gains. So I think that we have to understand that uh, uh, criminal groups uh, in Latin America are thinking, have a mindset like, uh, uh, like an industry, mm. it's an industry. And as all the industry, they're trying to be technologically advanced, uh, to get, uh, to collect in intelligence uh, is a huge problem because, uh, uh, for example, in the jails, uh, they have intelligence, they have their own lookout. Mm. And for example, another another piece uh, in in the meaning of the technology advancement, drones. Mm. Small drones, small commercial drones became a huge problem in Latin America, not only because Mexican cartels are carrying uh, drugs uh, uh, through the border, mm. but also because uh, we saw this in Ecuador, in Brazil, uh, criminal groups uh, use uh, drones loaded with explosives, usually C4 explosives, mm. just to uh, increase the level of conflict inside the jails. Mm. So. In Ecuador, we see it uh, last year, uh, and there were uh, Mexican cartels behind. In uh, Brazil, it's very common, smuggling drugs or smuggling um, intelligence operations. For mm. example, um, two years ago, uh, there was an attempt to for escape for the um, for the escape of a leader of PCC. PCC mm. uh, Command of Capital Marcola, and according to uh, police investigations, drones have been used just to collect intelligence around the prison mm. where uh, the plan was uh, uh, conceived. Um, it was a failed attempt, but mm. drones were part of the operation. And for example, remaining in Brazil, we have uh, in the last five years. PCC um, began uh, uh, starting the so-called Cangasso. Cangasso mm. are uh, robberies, um, very, very important robberies that uh, uh, can last one night in a small city uh, where all the population is, ta is taken in hostage mm. with explosive uh, uh, and they use drones. Mm. So, uh, 3D weapons, uh, drones are just uh, different faces, uh, different of the same person, mm. which is the uh, criminality that uh, is emerging in Latin America and that can be a threat not only for the region, but as I say, for Europe and uh, uh, United States. You know, Maria, it's interesting, again, going back to the article, of course, that throughout the description, 
Not only we understand this 3D printing, again, we talk about this technological advancement actually provide or serve as a mechanism for criminalization uh, um, organizations to advance their criminal behaviors. But meanwhile, within the article, you also mention, again, you touch on briefly, is the country of Mexico. And again, this is something that you wrote, and I want to go back to the article. You said Mexico is the world's fifth biggest illicit arms market, which worth more than 13 billion, uh, 13 million illegal guns. Almost the 70% originated from the United States. And we know today when we talk about Mexico, Mexico is on the border with the United States. Now, Maria, the next question is very simple. What is the attitude from the U.S. government? How come the U.S. government cannot collaborate with the Mexico government? Again, going back to the point, to reduce the illicit arms market. So in other words, why can't we treat this as one international effort instead of doing it as a separative uh, a project? What do you think? Because of the political agendas, mm. we recently Mexico, uh, DA um, denounced it, the difficulties that they have in exchanges information with Mexican authorities about fentanyl. So uh, when you have political agenda and drugs, it's part of political agenda because uh, these new pink uh, waves in Latin America uh, believe uh, in the legalization of drugs, uh, believe that uh, uh, all the problems come from the criminalization, which in my opinion is totally wrong because uh, as we see, as we saw, for example, in California, in Uruguay, with the legalization of marijuana, uh, the dark market uh, uh, didn't stop. Uh, on the contrary, it boomed because uh, uh, the, the dark market uh, provides uh, to the to the consumers more mm. addictive uh, drugs. Uh, so uh, the problem is that uh, we have in Latin America countries with specific political agenda and uh, weapons, uh, Mexico, I mean, it's a kind of uh, um, perfect example of corruption of uh, uh, politicians that are involved in drug trafficking. So I don't expect very much from this country. Um, because uh, everyone uh, uh, take advantage uh, mm. from his uh, uh, market uh, weapons, uh, drugs, and whatever. Uh, but uh, again, um, the information that I collected about Mexico actually are related to, uh, if I remember, 2015. Mm. So it's quite time. But it's important because it gives us uh, the general idea that cartels are much more ahead uh, than law enforcement. So I think that uh, uh, the United States should, should change their mindset. Mm. I give you an example. Uh, two years ago, I was discussing about drug in the United States. Mm. And I heard from my years from very, very professional uh, people involved in uh, um, analyzing uh, organized crime that say to me that there is no drangheta in the United States, mm. which is ridiculous because it means that you don't see the danger. And uh, if you don't see the danger, you say that the danger doesn't exist, mm. which is 
not true because uh, Drangheta is interested in the uh, United States for money laundering activities with white collars that we were talking about. Uh, and when you have money laundering activities, yes, your economy uh, took advantage, takes advantage of it. But at the same time, you, you, you allow a criminal uh, humans uh, to, to proliferate. Mm. And Drangheta is very, very powerful. So uh, going back to Mexico, um, if, you, if you look at the documents of the uh, border law enforcement, they recognize the huge problem that they have uh, in uh, ensuring uh, security at the border. First of all, because uh, it's a huge border with a very harsh environment. Mm. Uh, and also because the technology that the cartels are experimenting is, is such a commercial technologies that rather, rather they, they, they can't recognize. I mean, a small drone that you use uh, when you go uh, on your vacation to film uh, the beach uh, you can use uh, for uh, drug smuggling mm. and uh, that's what tellers are doing so um, the problem is investments economic investments but also mindset mm. uh, the idea, uh, to develop strategies say so what can i expect from the cartels in the next year. Mm. For example, the information that I gave you, we have seen a law in Brazil. It's huge mm. because it's gonna change all the fentanyl logistics in Latin America. So it means, for example, that the ports in Brazil that are already used for cocaine logistics, uh, I'm thinking about the port of Santos. Imagine that in the last five years, uh, in the Port of Santos, authorities seize more than 100 tons of cocaine. And as you know, what you seize is just uh, a small percentage of, of what the, the true market mm. is. Okay. And I can, I can tell you that uh, at the Port of Santos, you have a very good team of uh, intelligence from police, uh, from um, different agencies. But... Uh, the port is huge mm. and now for example there is a debate and there is a political debate and we go back to the political agenda they want to privatize the port of santos uh, they want to privatize the port authority which is it's it's very critical because uh, if you open to the market the criminal groups, the big criminal groups that already that are already involved in in high level operations of money laundering, will to, will take advantage, will take advantage of it. Um, look at the history in Italy. We have uh, the port of um, Gioia Tauro. Mm. Gioia Tauro is Calabria, which is the heart of Ndrangheta uh, mafia. Ndrangheta invested money in the port in the past. So mm. the port was their own port, which allowed them to uh, create a, 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 an international hub for receiving cocaine. Mm. So uh, I think, in my opinion, the United States should uh, uh, act at different levels. Mm. Uh, at different levels, putting in the agenda security uh, topics, uh, which is not happening to my knowledge 
uh, they all, they, for example, we had the problem of Iranian ships. Uh, yes, uh, the U.S. Ambas ambassador said, please, Lula, don't do this. Mm -hmm. But the problem is much more uh, uh, important because uh, what is what we can see behind is that Lula wants to recreate connections with the Iranian regime. Russian, Russia is already very strong. That's right. In Latin. Mm. I give another example. Uh, we, we are talking about drones. Mm. Okay. Um, most of the governments don't have important anti-drone systems at the local level even worse you have prisons that are not covered with antidote system so what is one of the risks that i see uh, russia is producing very cheap antidrone systems mm. so what they can do and they already they already done is with weapons in the past what they can do is sell for ridiculous amounts of money mm drone systems uh, uh, to the, the technological uh, penetration, they can have control of Latin America, mm. which already happened in Venezuela a few years ago. Mm. So there are a, 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 a scenario of risks that are interrelated, intertwined, and that to reflect the political agenda. So the United States should work also at the political level to uh, work for uh, in name of democracy mm. through democracy mm. not Venezuela-style democracy that's right, Maria. I think today, when it comes to the word democracy, it's not just about the freedom of ownership, and also it's the effort of international collaboration. Again, as we mentioned before. Before diving into this article, again, I, I'm sure that our audience and viewers, few of us that we're familiar with how 3D firearms proliferation, especially among the Latin American countries that actually create a huge, a huge criminalization organizations, which also poses threat, not just for domestic market, but also for international impact as well.